The authentic recipes for all of our products are signature to La Morena. The chilies are literally hand-picked for each can. Everything is manufactured in Mexico and imported into the U.S. La Morena is best known for its quality and authentic flavor, giving our users a taste of home. Stock up on flavor with La Morena. Hi, I'm Mark Sauce. I'm with Master Purveyors, and I'm here with the Flaming Greek. And I'm here today to take a rib steak out of this big piece of meat to show you how you can put it on your grill at home. All right, so let's see how you do it. So you said something about the fifth rib up. Are there seven ribs? Well, yeah, in a, in a rib steak, in a rib, there are seven bones. Every rib has seven bones. But in the forequarter, and this whole piece is a forequarter, there's 12, right? So we have to basically count fifth ribs up to make our slice so we know how to cut the rest of the rib out. Let me explain the forequarter. The forequarter is the front end of the, the, the steer. Okay, you can see this is the front shoulder, right? right? This is the, the neck. You can call that the chuck. Chuck roll comes out of here. This is the rib section. The rib steaks come out of here. And over here, this is the plate. You make pastrami's out of the plate. And down over here in the front section, right here where you see the nice lump of fat, that's the breast. That's where you get the brisket and where the corned beef comes out of the front section. Uh, we actually make a signature uh, ground beef, a hamburger, and we actually use, uh, in the smaller size burgers, we use brisket as one of the meats that we put into our burger. The reason why we put in the smaller burgers, the brisket, is this fat. You see how soft it is? Can you feel it? Yeah, very soft. Right. So this fat, this soft fat melts very quickly. So in a small burger, you want something that's going to be on the grill a short period of time because it's small, it's going to cook faster. Correct. You want some, the fat to melt faster. So the best fat to use in a small burger would be fat that's coming from the front part underneath the belly section where it's most soft. And it's also tasty. Well, yeah, there's a lot of flavor profile. Yes. Most fat is very tasty. Not like yours. Your fat is like real tasty. Oh. And I always notice about the fat when I'm doing your burgers, it's a different type of fat. It's not a heavy lard, it's just very thin. Yes? Well, it's, it's, it, it's how they feed the animal, the grains, everything goes into the, the, the breed stock. You know, we only deal with Hereford and, and Angus breed stock, animals that have that influence in it. And th those are two kinds of breeds. There's 87 breeds of steers in the United States. There's uh, limousine, there's continental breeds, there's Asian breeds, there's British breeds. You know, so the different breeds around the country, but the best breeds that we found that work best are Angus steers and Hereford steers. Those are the two best. You've got a Red Angus, Black Angus, a Shorthorn, um, and you've got uh, and the Hereford breed. So 
going back to the, the, the fats. I may interrupt you. What is this? What's an Angus? Right? Yeah, this is a, this is an Angus steel. Red? Uh, no. I, this is black Angus. Black Angus. But getting back now to the, the rib section, and by the way, we talked before earlier about the skirt steak. This is the outside skirt here. Um, nice, plump, protected by the uh, skin, the um, diaphragm. That's why it's tender. And that's one of the reasons why it's nice and juicy and tender. It's a non-moving muscle. So we're going to take out this rib from this whole section here. So uh, I have Haas, who's one of our master butchers, to help Haas? me. It's basically a two-man job. Uh, Haas, would you break out the uh, rib with this? He'll make a cut, he'll come straight across. Now this is the, the, the feather bone of the rib. Well, you can't cut through that with a knife, right? So this is solid. So he's got to make a cut. And then the next thing he needs to do is he'll take the machine and he'll saw the bone across so we can open up the rib. We'll find the cut. And that's it. Wow. Okay, so now we're going to hook this up to the. One second. One second. Okay. Ready? So now what he needs to do, he finds a section in the rib, measures out 10 inches, and he's going to cut the rib away oh, from the rest of the carcass. And voila. And that's how you do that. Perfect. Okay, so now, Chris, what he's done, he's made two slits. This slit over here, between here and here, this is your short rib. Now it looks and, familiar. Right, and we'll make another show, we'll have another time, where we can actually present the short rib and see what value you can put with the short rib. And this over here is the neck, which is the chuck. Right. That's the front end. This is That's great right. for chopped meat. You can get a club steak out of this. As you can see, this is the eye of the neck. I make great club steaks with this. And it's also an inexpensive item. And over here, this is the brisket we talked about with the fat, the soft fat. We basically take this later and we will cut this across, make a plate. And here's the brisket. We'll take the bone out. We'll take the bone off the brisket, it'll be a boneless brisket, and that's what you'll see in some of the supermarkets, you know, boneless briskets. So if I just may ask you something just to change the subject, if you turn this around, is this you putting the stamp on there, or does that come from when they actually slaughter it? Well, everything inside the USDA, we're a USDA facility, everything is basically traceable. So this is an identifying stamp from where we bought it. This will identify, this number here, 2612, will tell us where this meat came from. 2612 comes down from Maryland, from uh, JW Truth. And he's uh, in Baltimore, and we get a lot of carcass meat from him. So that's how you track it? Right, we can trace it. So this way, if there's um, uh, 
any questions about the USDA, right. about where the meat came from, we can always trace back. Gotcha. And so, they do that all over the carcass, I could see. Yeah. Well, in different sections. So as we were going to section out the shoulder, you have a stamp here. This is the brisket. They put a stamp here. And this is the plate. They have a stamp here. Now we know why. Now we're going to take the rib. And we can see the rib is stamped as well. Correct. OK, so we have every part that we basically cut off the whole carcass is identified. Right? OK, great. So we're going to take this rib, Chris. We'll bring it in the production room. And we'll trim it down. And we'll put it into a steak form. And we'll see how it looks in, inside either in, in, in the kitchen. Great. Okay? I can't wait. Okay, so let's go. Thank you. Okay, so we, Chris, we now have the, the rib, which we just took off the carcass. Right. As you can see, it says prime. And that's a piece of beef. All right, so take a look at how nice the uh, eye is. And remember, the key to a good piece of meat is the more marbly will actually indicate more flavor profile. All that. Right. And just to go over, this is the, this is basically where the center, the sirloin starts. And the thick end is where the, the chuck starts, the chuck. So this is the front end right. of the animal, front. Right. And this is the back side, or the back middle. And that's the sirloin. Right, sirloin continues from here. So there's a big channel that we have to take off first. So you're going to take that over to the saw? Yeah, we're going to take this to the band saw. We'll take it off so we can actually start making uh, steaks. We'll also shorten the bone, Chris, so it's a little bit more, it'll fit on a plate. I actually like the idea of having a bone like that because it's, you know, sirloin on a, on a bone. So what we'll do this, Chris. Instead of making it where they normally see it in the supermarket, we'll make it a couple longer bone steaks so you can take it back to the kitchen and have some tomahawks. Great. Okay, come, on, come with me. Okay, so the other machine's tied up, Chris, so we're gonna work on a little smaller machine, so it may take a little bit more to maneuver around it. So I'm gonna take a little piece of the chime mode off first. Okay. You got it. See, Chris, what I was doing is I had to take off the spinal column on the rib, so this you know. way we can expose the meat. Right. So we're going to put the knife through it. Gotcha. We can make steaks, because the knife won't cut through bone. Gotcha. So now we're going to take it from here and put it on the bench. We'll take the feather bone off, and then we'll have steaks so we can start cutting. Let's go. Come on, guys. Follow us. So, Chris, we're going to take the feather bone off, which is the back of the spinal column off so we can expose the meat so we can use the knife to cut. Alright, so, so you first can get gonna, the knife in there now. Right, so first we're going to take off the extra piece. Now we've got a clean rib and we're going to take the knife 
and we let it glide across the feather bone. Right? You open it up. Very interesting, you know, how this is all done. Because people just buy their meat at the supermarket and they never get a chance to see what's going on. See, Chris, this is a, this is a bone, you can't get through it. So now, we've opened up the uh, rib, oh, thank you. We've opened up the rib. Right. So the other, now the idea, is you see the back over here, this is called a cap. We have to take off the cap in order to Expose remove everything. the, this is a deckle, so this doesn't go on the, on the barbecue, right? So we basically have to remove. But that's just a small portion you have to move. This is called the cover. So once you get that cap off, can you use it for anything? Because it kind of looks like a flank or something or a skirt. Yeah, well, pulling the meat away from the, the fat away from the rib takes the most time. So to give you a better idea, see, this is the ribeye? Yes. And this now is part of the blade. Right. right, so what we do is we're just gonna remove. See it comes apart nice and neat? There you have it, yes. Beautiful. So now, this is your rib steak. And you make steaks out of here, we'll French it, we'll clean it up, and we'll put it on the grill. Can't wait. This over here is all usable. And what would you use that for? You can make uh, deckle meat, fajita meat, uh, stew meat, more of this meat. Basically, just we remove it, and we take all the, 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 the blade meat out, right? To see. Very little goes to waste. Well, yeah, nothing goes to waste. See, this is part of blade meat. We would take that, we would cut it up into soups, pepper steak, yeah. and a life. But let's, let's put this to the side, and let's work with the rib. Okay, so we're going to take one or two steaks out for the grill for the kitchen? Yes. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean it up a little bit. Right? And I'm going to clean the bone. So basically, you clean this up to make it look pretty. Well, yeah. Well, you also want to take some of the, um, the uh, sinew that's on the inside of the rib. Right. 
something like this. Because you can't chew. Yeah, it's it stuck in your teeth. Yeah. And I know if you're like me, I like to chew on the bone. Now everything's starting to take shape. Well, sure, I just wanted to give you an idea of this is what we call as Frenching. That's a pretty looking piece of meat. See, so, you want me to, well, give me an idea to get a bigger knife? Sorry, get a bigger knife, and we're gonna cut our steak right from here, so. That's a big knife. Right, so, best way is you wanna line up a single steak, right? How nice is that? Beautiful. Got the marble in there. So you'll trim this up a little more? Sure. Now we're going to put a little bit more knife to it. We'll clean it up. Tell you I what, while I cut the next steak, I'll ask one of our butchers to yeah. clean up the steak. Uh, excuse me? Hey, Hoss, would you mind just cleaning this up for me? Thank you. We'll cut one more steak out of here. All right? Beautiful I'm going to clean this up. Let's put this here on the side. Looks like the Flintstones. Thank you. So we'll make it a, a better French. I'll move past this off to uh, Haas. One more. So you see, this is called a French cut rib. A, some, people, some people call it a tomahawk. And that's where you have a handle. Yes. Uh, this is one of my favorite steaks besides the skirt steak. We cut the center cut, the center of the rib, which is towards the sirloin, off first. The back ends of the rib actually has more fat running through the muscle. And in between three different muscles that run through the back of the rib, there's the bottom muscle, the side muscle, and the center muscle. And they all have special names, like longimits, this is the spinalis, it's three sections of muscle, and they're separated by fat. Now, sometimes you find a lot of fat in between the muscles, and that's perfectly normal. You just cut it away, but the more fat in between the muscle, the more flavor you'll have in the steak. More fat, more flavor profile. Just cut it away. You don't need to eat it, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's actually adding flavor to your steak. All right, Mark, where does this come from? Because it's such quality with the marble oil. Well, we get our cattle from the best states in the country, North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Nebraska. Those are the best states in the country for breeding Angus cattle. You know, the climates are perfect for them. It's not too hot, not too cold. Um, and actually, during the winter, it's cold. But uh, it's better than being in 110 degree heat down in Texas, where they just want to drink and they don't want to eat. And great marbling comes from, from con you know, continuous eating. Uh, this meat, this cattle actually is fed on corn, wheat, barley, uh, sugar pulp, uh, soy. So it's a great five, six grain uh, diet that allows the, the muscle to marble out. So what do you think this weighs here? 
Uh, these sinks are around 28, 28 to 30 ounces. And that's, and that's the average, 28 to 30. Well, yeah, on a sink we make for tomahawk, you can get a good two people on this stage. All right, so I'm going to take this back to the kitchen. I'm going to torch it up. You coming? Oh, I'll meet you there. Great. Thanks for coming to Master Purveyors. Quality meat all the time, Master Purveyors. Hi, I'm Chef Joseph Minera with Taste This Television. Take a look at this gear right here. Chef Revival knows how to form comfortability for chefs out there. For chefs in the kitchen, heat resistant, the look, the feel. Hey, you're working in the kitchen all day long. You want something that you're going to be comfortable in. Well, Chef Revival has got you covered. Everything from chef hats to chef pants to chef jackets and different kinds of apparel that the chef at home can use. So for more information and to find out some more incredible products on their site, log on to ChefRevival.com. Hey, I'm Chris Kytus to Flaming Greek, and once again, I'm back with Mark from Master Purveyors. Mark, you have a beautiful piece of meat here. What is it? Well, this is a rib steak, and when we were in the plant, we actually cut it out of a forequarter. Uh, this is a, what people commonly know is when they say prime rib. This is a ri prime rib steak, great quality. Uh, when you go into a restaurant or you're going to order a prime rib, they'll basically roast that in an oven. That's basically the definition of a prime when it's roasted. We're going to make it into a steak and put it onto a grill. You don't refer to it as prime rib. You refer to it as a rib steak. And when the rib's on the bone, you don't refer to it as a ribeye. Because when, rib, when it's a ribeye, it's when the bone comes off. So this is a rib steak. And that's a piece of what I saw at the plant that is a big piece of meat. And right. you just chopped a piece off of it. Remember, it, was, it had all the seven ribs on it. That's and, right. You were uh, telling me the seven and the five and where you cut. Right. right. This, this is a, a, what we call a tomahawk steak, where it's got a long bone, right, and a nice thick steak. This is a steak for two, actually. It's around 28 to 32 ounces. Beautiful piece of steak. All right, so let's salt and pepper this up. Thank you. All right, the Greek's going to show you how this is done. Now, about this steak here, it looks great, but what attracts me to it is that you left the bone on there like that. Well, everyone likes to hold it. Maybe after you're done cutting it and eating it, you want to eat, you know, chew on the bone. There's nothing wrong with chewing on the bone. It's uh, probably one of the, my favorite uh, uh, climaxes of uh, eating a steak. And how often do you eat steak? Uh, I eat meat. Or I eat meat several times a week. Well, because you're the owner of the plant. Great product. Now, normally what I would do is wrap this with aluminum foil so it wouldn't get burnt, so then again, it's for presentation. So I'll be careful not to burn that. See it cooking up right before your eyes. All right, so Mark, what's the difference between choice and prime? Well, choice is actually a middle grade, and prime is actually the best grade. There are three different levels of grade that the United States Department of Agriculture designates for beef, select, choice, and prime. 
Choice being the middle, select being the lowest, and prime being the best. Uh, what we have on the grill right now is a prime rib steak, and that really means when we talk about prime, it's grated prime by the USDA. And this piece of meat has a lot of marbling running through it. There's also one other thing that um, people should know about a rib steak. Rib steaks are very fatty. There's a lot of fat that runs, you know, globs of fat that run inside the meat. You can see it before you cook it. And that's a good thing. Uh, the more fat, the more flavor that's going to add to the steak. All you need to do is just cut around it when you're ready to eat the steak, but that piece of meat is going to be more flavorful the more fat that it has in it. So a lot of people get a little nervous when they see fat, but in, in a rib steak, fat's a good thing. So that's actually called marbling? Well, the marbling actually is intramuscular. That's the marbling, those specks of fat you see running throughout the muscle. That's not the fat that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fat that's surrounding and a big thick piece of fat that runs right through the top of the rib steak, which is not marbling. That's not inside the muscle. That's right. actually a separate piece of fat. That's what you cut away. Well, that's what we cut away after we cook it. Because that fat will actually melt and add flavor to the steak. That actually helps the steak. So you really want to cook with it. Don't cut it out. Don't turn away from it when you're in the supermarket because that big piece of fat that runs through that center of that rib steak will actually melt out. You don't eat it. You just cut around it when you're when you're cooking, right? When you when you're eating your steak, but it's actually there to enhance the flavor profile during the cooking process. All right, this is ready to turn. Wow. All right, so let me give this a torch. So what do you think? He's almost ready. It's good for me. I eat my meat rare to black and blue. All right, so let's do this. We don't need a plate for this. We're just going to lay this thing down. Now, is it good to let it rest? Yeah, it's always good to let a piece of meat rest five, five to seven minutes. So let's tell our audience why is it good to have it rest. Well, during the cooking process, everything basically uh, tightened up through the heat. Now, because it's tightened up through the heat, as it cools down, the muscle's gonna relax again. And when you're gonna cook it, when you're gonna eat it, you're gonna cut it, you want the meat to be actually relaxed so it's a nice tender chew. So is it true once it starts to, let's say, bleed, it's ready, rested, ready to go? Um, I, once you've seared it, especially with the torch, this steak's not going to bleed out. Okay. This is basically going to stay like this, um, you know, until you actually cut into it. Once you cut into a steak, uh, and before we talked about wet age and dry age uh, at the meat plant, a dry age steak's going to cut and not bleed out. Piece of meat like this, which was fresh, we took it right off the carcass. I mean, this was basically uh, um, as fresh as you're going to get it. Yeah. It came right from the plant. We received it this morning. We cut it this morning, and we're actually cooking it the same day. So you can't get meat fresher than this. People, Once, yeah, I'm just going to tell them, check out, okay, the videos with the plant, because you get to see the whole thing, and it's very interesting. You're a master of what you do. This guy just grabs the knives. He knows exactly what portions to cut. And it comes off. How long have you been doing this? About two minutes. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, I've been doing it since I'm, I'm seven or eight years old. Seven or eight years old. So he's a master.
All right, so let's cut this open. All right, now the proper way of cutting it is what, Mark? Well, you want to cut, cut it on a bias, start from the top, and you work your way down. Remember, you have a bone on this side, so you just turn an angle away from the bone. All right, so we start here? Yep, perfect. Beautiful piece of meat. like a little salt on there? Sure. And this is what we call rare. Right? So what you have to do is, it's always better to cook, undercook the piece of meat, where you can put it back on the grill and cook a little more. If you overcook the piece of meat, then you can never take it back. But with a piece of meat like this, you can't go wrong. Well, I love it this way. Yeah. And if it's too red for someone on the inside, just close your eyes or too pink, close your eyes and, and just Chew away. The experience is worth it. Thank you. Succulent? Melting your mouth. Mm. I'm the Flaming Greek. This is Mark, Master Purveyors. Check out his website, masterpurveyors.com. Until then, guys. Stay hot.